At camp, we have the privilege of creating so many opportunities to teach leadership skills to our people, starting with our very youngest campers. In our last podcast, we shared practical tips and tricks to help us be very intentional with this process. Today, we're going to dive into ways to help our campers make those big transitions to CITs and staff. This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for summer camp leaders and directors at gocamp.pro. Do you ever feel like you're spending so much time at the office that you have no time left for camp? With UltraCamp, you can track attendance, manage staff applications, and streamline registration so you'll be back outside in no time. Find out more at ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Today, we have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring our very best. And we are welcoming you all into 2022. Uh, This is, I believe, one of our early episodes that'll be coming out then. And before we get going, we'd love to introduce our hosts. So Beth, take it away. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Packer and Go Camp Pro. My pronouns are she and her. And as a camp consultant and trainer, I build on my experience as a director and an executive director. And my passion is building solid, supportive, and purposeful communities through intentional and thoughtful leadership training. And Gabrielle. And my name is Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Oro. Camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive environment for gender minorities. And my pronouns are she and her. And folks, I'm Ruby Compton. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the chief exploration officer for Ruby Outdoors. I'm based out of the mountains of Western North Carolina, which is actually where I am today. I've been traveling a bit more lately, and uh, I am a general friend and supporter of camp and do everything I can to make camp directors' lives easier. And today we are discussing the topic of transitioning campers to staff members, be it through um, a former camper applying on staff or someone who's been through your CIT or leadership program. And we want to talk about some of our best practices there. So we're going to dive right in. I think you're going to get some good concrete pieces today. And so, Beth, what ideas do you want to share with our listeners about tips for transitioning your campers to staff? So for something totally different, let's start with front-loading. We always know it is the best route to take. So here's a way to categorize it and get organized with it. So for me, there are three rules to front-loading future staff and preparing them for the important transition from camper or LIT to leader. And they're the three Cs. So connect, communicate, and commit. For all of those folks transitioning to becoming staff members, how can you reach out and connect with them, not just once or twice, but consistently and with purpose, starting right now? What and how can you communicate with them? And how can you inspire them to commit to your mission and to your people 
before they become staff. Now is a great time to make a list with those three headings and brainstorm all of the actions that you can take under each of them and determine sort of what order makes the most sense for your camp. So I've just got a couple of ideas to hit all three C's now at this time of year. So think about things like sending out fun polls to have them learn more about each other or creating online space for them to share their excitement, their concerns, their ideas to make next summer amazing. You could send out Instagram posts or emails or tweets to your potential staff regularly about what your leadership team or or you, if it's just you, and for many of us, it's just one or two year-round staff, whatever you're working on to get them ready and, the, and get ready for the coming season, and of course, why you're doing those things. You could send out information about what they'll be learning throughout the months leading up to staff training, and again, why, why that's important. Send them articles or uh, TED Talks or podcasts about leadership or other pertinent topics. Keep them really short, but relevant to what they're going to be doing as leaders at camp. And then continuing to send little messages, highlighting your excitement for all of the things you're going to learn together in the months and the weeks and the days and the day before leadership training officially starts to get them not only pumped for what's about to come, but also in that right headspace. You could find fun or meaningful photos from camp and add hashtags that highlight your mission, like hashtag difference makers or hashtag leadership is action and example. We've talked many times about the fact that young people just want to feel a part of something important and bigger than themselves. So if we begin that process of front-loading the importance of their job with them as soon as they are hired or as soon as they begin to think about applying either for your CIT program or for staff, we can begin to lay that groundwork for an environment that offers them opportunities to practice being really thoughtful, reflective, caring, considerate adults who will make a positive difference at camp and in the outside world. So front load it long before they get there. I'm absolutely shocked. That's where you started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also want to make sure I I point out because I'm not sure how often we've spoken about it on the podcast for those of you that listen, but have never watched on YouTube. uh, I encourage you to check us out on YouTube because Gabrielle does some visual note-taking as well that you can see in the video and it's a lot of fun and great. So uh, if you've never, if you've only ever listened to us through your podcasting app, I recommend putting us on YouTube and and, uh, watching that sometime uh, when you know, when you you need a mix up of, of routine. Uh, so Gabrielle, what would you add to what Beth shared with us? Um, and I'd also say if you're watching the video, you, you'll be amused by my creative spelling as well. So um, you're welcome. I'm going to go back to one of the points that Beth brought up, which was the why and the 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 mission statement behind uh, what we do. And on Capco, we talk about this so, 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 so often, but I think that when we're trying to help families or encourage families or explain, you know, the importance of our CIT program or our LIT program, or even becoming a staff member, our mission statement has to be as clear as possible so that our families understand that everything that we do, um, there is an intention behind what we do. And I think that I would revisit and look at your mission statement and ask yourself, is this something that can be read in under a second and a half, or is it a a long page um, that is difficult to summarize? So I would really pause and look and say, let's tighten up that mission statement. 
and then build from there with all of your marketing to get campers to become campers at your camp. That's where we want to use our mission statement for that, for our marketing purposes. So we're already planting the seeds within our campers and their families. And then when they become CITs, we're, we're saying, hey, this is how you know our mission statement is this. And of course, our parents now are very familiar with it. This is how we create a positive community. This is how we deal with conflict. This is how we uh, teach our um, young uh, leadership um, members, our LITs or CITs, how to problem solve. Um, resilience isn't taught. It is um, resilience is built through experiences and reflection and support. So I would go back to what Beth was saying with the three C's and really stop and pause with your mission statement and see what you can do with that mission statement. And then with your staff program, that's the proof. So use what staff have done, use testimonials. This is what I learned as a staff member. This is what I did with my campers. I'm excited when campers have disagreements because it's an opportunity. And this is how we use opportunities within our camp. Everything that we do behind the scenes needs to needs to connect with your mission statement. And everything that we do behind the steam, scenes, we need to be more transparent. So with our campers, let's start with marketing the mission statement with our CIT program, get excited about showing the behind the scenes and the how we do what we do. And then as staff members, let's prove um, this, you know, the proof is in the pudding and we have so many examples. And then in that way, we're also highlighting staff members, uh, the great work that they're doing. And I find when you highlight staff members publicly, then there's a higher chance of them coming back or being an amazing um, person to go and reach out to other people to come and join your team. That's awesome. And, and Gabs, I just want to build on what you said about mission and the idea of, I think it's actually a really cool skill that we are building in our staff to go out and find what is the purposeful mission of an organization. And to be abundantly clear, you can be a for-profit retailer who sells goods that has a purposeful mission and how much more effective are these staff going to be in those jobs in the future if they know how to look for that? That's a, a muscle and a skill to be practiced. And, you know, I, I think most it, most retailers, it's easy to be like, they just want to make money. But actually, I think companies that do really well when they sell a product are can- companies that actually want to help people. And so that's something we can teach our staff to do at camp and practice at camp with a mission that's a lot easier to be like, it's really meaningful and important <laughs> uh, than necessarily one that um, it, it is a little harder to find. But I still think that's going to make them a, a better worker and a better employee and a better boss one day if they have a good, clear view of that. Uh, and, and what I would add in, in this uh, to this question is I really think an important thing to be teaching our staff and and campers too, um, but to help them transition into leadership roles is how to do very specific skills. We are looking at a huge labor shortage going forward. 
given the world that we've been in for a lot of reasons. Like there are fewer people in the world, unfortunately. And there also are people are making different choices about the jobs that they take or going to university or not, or uh, or just the kind of skills that they are, are chasing. And the reality of it is we're going to have a lot less skilled labor going forward. So if part of your leadership program, which we are really good at, I think in general, teaching people how to be personal and communicate and do those interpersonal things, I think we also need to be picking out some specific skills that we're teaching our young leaders. Things like plunging a toilet. I mean, I saw a billboard yesterday that was like hiring plumbers and it was $30 an hour easy. I was like, dang, I wish I had more plumbing skills. I'd go apply for that job, right? So, and at camp, again, we have all these opportunities to teach that stuff and to spark that excitement, again, about solving people's problems, but having a really tangible skill. And those tangible skills, I think, are going to be far more important as we go forward than college degrees even. So let's work on and build programs that are practicing and teaching those tangible skills. Friends, we're going to take just a moment and hear from one of our sponsors, and then we will pop back over and continue this conversation. All right, Gabrielle, what is your favorite social media account you have been following lately? I have been following um, Kyla from Australia, environmental education, and she breaks down how to just be environmentally aware and friendly within your own home, such as how do you store strawberries and berries so you don't end up, you know, throwing them in the garbage or composting that you actually eat them. I am inspired by her and um, I love her. She's amazing. And she has a little Aussie accent. So double the fun. (laughs) Genius. Genius. Well, truthfully, an account that keeps stopping the scroll for me is at Ultra Camp HQ, and they are showing fun activities to do with kids that can be at camp or at home to camp business ideas, and they offer a robust account with tons of cool tools on Instagram. So I highly recommend checking them out. And did I mention that they also are offering a guide titled Five Unique Ways to Connect with Campers Outside of Camp? When you visit ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code, you can download this free guide and find out more about Ultra Camp's powerful tools that put you in control of your information. They offer automated billing, uh, custom reports. They help you manage your hiring process, including integrated background checks. They will help you communicate with your customers and donors, and they add in the efficiency of automation and have a platform that you can put to work for you. Ultra Camp's goal is to provide resources so that their clients can spend more time in camp doing what they do best. If all of this doesn't sound like your registration software, don't you think it should? Visit their website, ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code and set up a time to chat. They look forward to meeting with you. All right, we are back and we are discussing how we transition campers to staff. And Beth, what are some other ideas that you have? I think it's really important that we ask good questions and listen. So I would suggest sitting down now and trying to figure out all the opportunities you can create at camp or in the school year to do just that. So things like finding space to acknowledge what they might be feeling about the transition to staff 
Are they nervous? Are they excited? Are they anxious? You can chat about it at camp the summer before they become CITs or staff, or you can host online get-togethers through the school year. You could put out short videos or short articles about the topic or hold a town hall meeting with all prospective future staff to inform them of things that they need to know and be aware of and, of course, answer any questions. I would brainstorm before you start all the different ways that they could ask those questions so that you've got some options for those who may be afraid to ask it out loud in front of other people. And of course, you want to make that town hall fun and engaging and allow time to connect and share and help them feel a part of a community that's doing something that they're passionate about. You could host another time together, again, maybe at the end of the summer or now-ish, and ask them what they think they need to learn and would like to learn to feel more comfortable as they transition to staff. Ask them what they already know that will help them be great staff. Kim Acock has a great article on the ACA website that encourages us to remind campers or LITs that they already know a lot about camp and that there's comfort in that and that this can help with some of that possible anxiety about being in charge. And once you've heard what your future staff have to say, maybe you can set up some learning opportunities through the school year and invite them to attend either in person or online that can address some of these concerns they brought up, some of the skills they want to feel more confident in before they get to camp for training or for their CIT program. I would, of course, begin this particular asking questions and listening time by front-loading that just because you've been a camper for years and you know a lot about camp, you still need to be open to learn. But of course, if they've been a camper with you, they already know how exciting learning new skills can be um, because there is a lot to learn to be on the other side of things. And then to let them know that in case it sounds overwhelming, you have people and supports in place to help them learn and practice these skills before the campers arrive. I would also figure out the best way to ask campers or LITs how they think their relationship with you and with camp will change as they embark on this next chapter. So hear them out and then add in anything that they might have missed. It will be a huge help if you've already touched on this topic and made some expectations clear before that transition. So ask questions and listen. That's so great, Beth. And uh, that was one of mine was the um, you know, what do you think it's going to be like being on staff? That's something I would ask in return staff interviews. But I think you can ask that to new applicants as well. What do you think it's going to be like on staff? And, and you can exactly. deal with some of those expectations that are a little off or adjust your training um, to make it really clear. <laughs> That's not the way things are going to be. That's awesome. Uh, what about you, Gabrielle? What would you add? I would, I'm going to also piggyback off of something that um, Beth has said, because she's so brilliant is the um, the multiple um, sort of connections, either via town hall or questionnaires. Um, the more I speak with my staff and the more I speak with other young camp professionals that are on on the edge of millennial and, and Gen Z or are strongly in Gen Z, the more I speak with them, the more what I understand is that they want constant feedback and communication and transparency is really important, but also for it to not be too overwhelming. Uh, meaning if it's an hour long or an hour and a half long town hall, this might be too much. But if we had multiple ways of communicating with people, this seems like it's, um, you know, it's like bite size. And I, I'm, I'm trying to shift my way of communicating with my CITs and my staff members into more 
bite-sized ways of communicating with them. And I, I think back um, to my to my beginning humble days, um, you know, helping out at the office, you know, where you would get paid like just a little bit to, you know, help with the mailing or, and I remember putting in energy into our printed newsletter. And we sent this printed newsletter out um, every season. And it took so much time to prepare uh, prepare and we had articles and interviews with families and it was such an event like part of a big chunk of the office work was working on this newsletter um and it was one of my first graphic design jobs and i look at that and i think how much i'm not saying that we shouldn't have these newsletters anymore if you have these newsletters all I'm saying is that what I'm hearing is that constant communication, regular communication in bite size um, is really, really important. And as well as the piece that Beth is talking about is asking and listening. So it's not just about giving that information, but it's holding space and trying to do that in multiple ways. Awesome. And, and yeah, I think thinking about that, not only throughout the year, but also if you're building a CIT or a leadership program, how can, I think the old model was like, we're going to do four hours of learning and then we're going to go shadow some activities. And like right. that model doesn't work anymore, friends. So right. we need to think about how we can do these little micro bursts of learning. Is it 15 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Is it watch this video, then go to this activity and then we'll come back and discuss it. But this idea of I'm going to impart wisdom on you and then you're going to go do the thing. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> we know it doesn't work and we have to do it differently. Yeah. And it's, it's not only, and, and I think that the thing is, is it, it hasn't always worked really well anyways. I think it's just people are being right. a little bit more vocal about it. You know, I personally didn't, you know, I know it's not a shock, but I personally didn't absorb information that way. And, and, um, and, it, and, but I think that, I think that some people are just better at hiding it. And, and now there's more of a, you know, if there's a little bit, people are being a little bit more vocal saying like, I'm, I'm not completely understanding and they're vocal about their anxiety and but having these l- smaller bites of of information trial reflection coming back and building on that type of cycle um i think it's 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 not just for this generation i think we we all benefit from this as well personally i think <laughs> awesome and and gabs i'd add to that i i think about the different uh, Instagram accounts that I watch that provide these really smart ideas about how to work with people or with children. Um, and some of them are educators, some of them are psychologists. And that in a very short amount of time or in one image, they're teaching me what would typically be an hour long session during a staff training. It's like, ah, so genius. So I think this is a, a time where you can go and ask your leaders and your staff and even your CITs or even older campers, what are they learning from right now? What uh, what are accounts that they're paying attention to? And are there things that are in your curriculum that you're trying to teach that you've heard shared in another way that's really brilliant that we could or- incorporate into training this year? I would think about if I was designing a CIT program right now, I would 100% think about saving some time and space for them to plan days for the next cohort, um, be it the people coming up later this summer or for next year, but to make sure that they have a hand in it because they're going to bring up some terrible ideas, but also some great ideas that are going to be things that you've probably yes. never thought of. So I, I've just 
create that time. And it's so scary as a leader to let go of that control. And I think you will find that they're going to come up with some really genius things uh, because the kids today are way better at the internet than we are. (laughs) (laughs) The interneting. Ruby, can can I ask you a question, a follow-up with that? Yeah. So you're right. I absolutely agree that bringing in people to help facilitate either uh, some of the staff prep and staff training or even communication, getting onboarding, this is really, really helpful because obviously we're teaching them the behind the scenes, um, the intentionality, you can guide them. This is where I think camp leaders get blocked and we all understand why um, is what if they do come up with that those ideas that you're like, it ain't going to work, or this is not, how do you manage to say, I want your help, but then also don't lower morale when you, when um, maybe an idea you can tell is not feasible just so Uh, we can help our listeners sort of say, okay, I have this one thing that Ruby said, and that's going to help me when I ask people. Um, <laughs> uh, the floor is yours, Ruby. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you something that um, speaking directly to bringing in outside folks, because I, I had a consultant that would come and do programming with my staff every year. And it was kind of a tradition that I inherited, but it was a tradition I loved. And he did something that I didn't realize until now that's really brilliant is he asked a lot of questions, a lot of questions about what are you trying to accomplish? What, what is the objective here? Here's what I'm thinking. Does this sound right? So if you're not having that kind of back and forth with someone who's coming in to do some training for you, then I would argue you may need to find another trainer (laughs) uh, and find someone who is willing to have some of that back and forth. Now I'm saying that as somebody who does get brought into camps and like, you know, I want, to set up coming in and doing lifeguard training. Like I want there to be the minimal amount of back and forth. I want you to say, you know, I want you to fill out this questionnaire and then I know everything I need to know and I can just show up. But that's different because I'm delivering this kind of very set curriculum. When you're creating, you know, feelings, objectives, and and something that that looks and feels a little different from, you know, a certification course, I think there does need to be a fair amount of back and forth and conversation and making sure that it is a conversation, not a, I want you to do this. And that person goes, okay, I'm going to do it. And that's it. <laughs> Cause it, it needs to be more of a dialogue. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're saying front load that <laughs> part of, you're a brilliant individual. I want your help. You have a unique perspective and together we're going to figure this out. And yep. what together looks like is a back and forth. And I'm going to bring in my experiences and share that with you. I'm very comfortable with being challenged. Uh, being challenged is part of our process. And, and I'm excited about doing like about going back and forth with you on the X goal. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, then I know some people are hearing that going, Oh, it sounds like so much more time. It doesn't have to be <laughs> a ton of time. And, and so that's why, you know, folks that I work with, I'll kind of hand them my lesson plan and go, here's the highlights. Like, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Is there any of this you want me to get rid of? Is there any of this that you want me to focus in on more? And I've had folks come back and say, Oh, we've done that game. Don't do that game. And it's like, great. That's, I would much rather have that conversation on the front end. Everybody's going to be happier if we have those conversations. Um, and so, and they can be synchronous or asynchronous. It doesn't have to be two hour long meetings. Like it can be a, an exchange and a back and forth. Um, I want to add one other piece that 
and, and then I'll, we'll see if anybody else has anything else to add on this question. And that is, I was talking to a friend recently who took part in lots of leadership programs. And one of the courses he was on, the instructors, <laughs> they at one point planted the seed of, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff that's going on with this group. So why don't we try um, every night? We're going to have some time where we sit down and everybody share, like air all their grievances. Cause we have some, some, yeah, I see Beth's eyes <laughs> and it's kind of one of those, like, if you're in the leadership world, you're like, yeah, like transparency and let's talk oh, about this boy. stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so they did this for a few days and like, and then kind of pulled back and checked in and said, okay, how are we feeling? And people were like, this is awful. I hate this. And, and so I think we need to actually create more opportunities like that with our leaders. And that, again, can be in a CIT program. It can be it during your staff training. And it, it's a very delicate line to walk, right? We don't want to make our staff so miserable that they want to quit. But I do think we have to push them to uncomfortable or push them to, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's play it out, even if it is a really bad idea. And let them live the world of it being a really bad idea, dealing with the consequences of it. So think about how you can maybe plant a terrible idea uh, or something that's going to make them a little stressed, a little uncomfortable um, and, and work through that because that is also a skill to be practiced as a camp leader. It is absolutely a feeling they will have at some point during the summer. So let's let them practice that skill when it's a low stakes situation. And not on the first day. And yeah, the first very stressful day. If build they can the be community, like, build the trust, build the yes, cooperation, yes. then make them uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, sequencing is important. <laughs> or you will have them all going home. Yeah, I'm out. Awesome. All right. Uh, Beth, did you have anything else you wanted to add on this topic? Yeah, I just have one more thing. Get your campers to start thinking about their legacy. Do an exercise, either in person or online, where they list the best staff members they've ever worked with and then get them to tell you why they think that. Ask them to get really specific and dig down deep. What does a great staff member say? What does a great staff member do? It's a way to get them into the mindset of a good leader and it also helps them to see that these are skills they can learn rather than believing that great leaders are just born that way and that you either are one or you aren't one. And it'll help you give them the confidence that they too can learn the necessary skills to be a great leader. Now I'd ask them a bunch of other questions. Things like, how did these great staff impact you? And how can you impact future campers? And how will you do that? And then you can ask them things like, what are your favorite traditions at camp? Get them to explain why. And then ask them, how can you be part of passing these traditions on to future campers? It really gets them thinking about creating the kind of community that you want for all of your people. You can host an online session that asks them to tell you things like, what's the difference between a camper and a staff? What's going to change? What'll be great about that? What might be challenging? And make sure they understand the difference. They also love the idea of putting together a staff panel of your, you know, your best staff and alumni and allow campers or LITs to ask them questions. Give the LITs or campers some time in small groups to come up with their best questions ahead of time to really kind of talk that through. 
it's an incredible resource you have in these seasoned veterans. So put it to use to help you train the staff of the future. And think of the questions they could come up with. Like, what did you do if you had this situation? Or what's your best piece of advice for this? Or all those things. I think it's really important. Um, setting expectations before they become staff, of course, is one of the most important things that you can do for your people. And I went back into the archives and looked this up. So if you're looking for more information on nurturing youth development professionals, because that's what we're all doing here, um, Camp Code Podcast 7 and 32 talk specifically um, about nurturing youth development professionals. So you can have a look there as well. Throwing it back to the archives. Awesome. Uh, anything else to add from you, Gabrielle? I love the legacy piece. Um, that's that's wonderful. Um, you know, if if I'm looking at transition from either campus CIT, LIT, or LIT to staff member, especially within those transition years, I try as much as possible to have the camp director to be part of the interview process, so that. Um, at the end of the day, they understand who's in charge, but they're also building a relationship with that person. And my goal when, and I can't necessarily, you know, necessarily connect with every single LIT that's applying to our camp, nor every single staff members, but there are certain individuals that I know I have either a very little connection with or I have a difficult connection with. And so my goal is to build a positive relationship with them. And I, I just had a, um, a chat with one of our CITs and, um, and, and obviously like all of our campers who, who are, are applying to be LIT or CIT who has a difficult time, you know, they can be amazing, especially if they were a hard camper, because they're going to know how to deal with those hard campers when they're staff members, you, you want them on your team, but they need to build that trust with you and you need to build that trust with them. And at the end of our conversation, she said, she said, wow, you're not as scary as I thought you were. And, and I was like, that's right. Now tell your friends. Okay. Go off and tell all of your friends. Um, but, but trying to take those one-on-one -on -one moments before they get to camp. So you have a leg up already on the relationship. That's one. And two, I find that when I have, if, if there's certain people that I'm sort of avoiding, or I just don't know very much about, then I, I really try to be there for those, for those chats and they help inform me, not consciously, but they help inform me what our first interactions need to be before they come to camp or the first day of camp. So I know that my current CITs that are coming this year, what a lot of them are struggling with, which makes a lot of sense with what's going on with COVID and a lack of, of um, you know, connecting with other people is they're really struggling with making mistakes. Being uh, perfect, not making mistakes, social anxiety is really, really high. So our first conversation is going to be about, um, about what does it look like to fail and um, and how can and and sort of create this anthem of epic fails. That's not something that I thought of before meeting them, but certainly having these conversations, I'm saying, okay, this is something I need to really look at and and focus on. So. Maybe you can't meet everybody, but try to go to the people that you're either avoiding or that you don't know very much about so that you're prepared and you feel more confident, confident going into your season. Gab, I think Anthem of Epic Fails is a new sticker. Right. <laughs> I think that's great. Exactly. What is it going to sound Because we all like? have quite an anthem. We do. 
<laughs> Each one I of sure us do. I keep collecting my epic fails. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you all so much for sharing. I think this is a juicy episode with some really good stuff in it. So thanks for all your thoughts. And now it is time for the recap. Recap, recap, recap. Okay. We are going to start at the very beginning. That's <laughs> the very first place to start. And of course, <laughs> that starts with front loading and the three C's connect, communicate, commit. How can we get our staff members, our campers, our CITs to do all three before they put their first foot on your campgrounds this summer? And while we're speaking about that, let's ask them about their legacy. Get them into the mindset. Get them dreaming, connect to something that is positive about camp, about the staff members, so that they have a goal to achieve and know that already they're part of something that's bigger than themselves. Skills, skills, skills. Who would have thought that plunging a toilet could sell leadership? But it does because parents hear that and they say, yes, I want my child to learn what it's like to plunge poop because of course parents have done it their whole lives and they want now their children to do that as well. We want to create a safe space for our (laughs) staff members to talk about what is important to them and how to get the information across. And yes, that is a little scary for experienced camp directors, camp pros to invite young individuals to dictate how we are going to be training each other, but front load with them that there's a back and forth process and that their ideas have a lot of worth and value and trust us. When you get your staff members to participate in this, they're going to spread the word with other staff members and get excited about how staff training is going to run or how camp is going to run this summer. And when we're talking about that, give them a little bit of assistance and saying, how does this connect to our mission? Our mission is uh, not just a wonderful training tool. It's not just a wonderful way of transitioning. It is also a brilliant marketing way. And when we're talking about marketing, why don't we look at microbytes? Every time we're giving information or experiences, let's limit those experiences to something small and that tastes nice and delicious and gives a little bit moment to digest. We have so many other things about today's podcast. Please look back on it. Tell us what was favorite, what was helpful. We want to hear from you. That's it. Mic drop. <laughs> You're so good at that. God, I don't know why we bothered a podcast. We should just send Gab our ideas and just let it <laughs> recap. Great. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as Gab said, we would love for you to get involved and tell us your thoughts on this episode by using hashtag camp code on your social media of choice. You can also tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests you'd recommend we have on the show, any great leadership training tips you have to share. We'd love to hear from you. We're all about sharing in this industry. And we have a special ask right now, which is our podcast is coming up on a hundred episodes and Whoa. we want to hear hear from you specifically what you've learned or gained by listening to the camp code podcast. So, um, I'll be posting that on my Instagram. You can email me Ruby at gocamp.pro with your best tips that you've learned from the show. And we'll be highlighting our most popular submissions on episode 100. And, uh, that one will surely also be a juicy, juicy episode. So I hope you'll, uh, tune into that. And if you have found this podcast to be useful, again, tell us what's been useful, but also please leave a rating and review for us in your podcasting app. Your feedback helps keep the show going and helps others find it. So we want to make sure you know how to get in touch with us as well. So Beth, how can folks reach you? 
They can find our website, gocamp.pro, or email me directly, beth at gocamp.pro, or I'm on Twitter at Topaz. Gabs? They can email me at info at waro.com, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com, or follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. And you can find me on Instagram at Ruby Outdoors or on Twitter at RubyLynn85. And you can email me ruby at gocamp.pro or ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. Either one will work. For our next podcast, we are going to be talking about training about boundaries. And we expect there to be several episodes about this. So we're going to call this part one and we'll go from there. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips. You can, again, tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And Beth has this week's best practice. So finally, depending on the age of your LITs and your first year staff, front load with their grownups. If they have been parents of a camper, what changes can they expect when their child becomes an LIT or a staff member. I would host a virtual evening with each of those groups separately and lay it all out. Explain your expectations, the ways in which they can help you train the staff member and prepare them for their most successful summer, like having the staff member call you themselves if they have a concern about training dates or an issue with a camper, and explain your reasoning A staff member's grown-ups want to help them be successful, but they may not know how. So answer all of their questions, help them to feel comfortable with their child's new role, and be very transparent with them about what is different in their communications with you now that their child is about to become an LIT or a staff member. And of course, you want to answer any questions that they have. Front-loading parents and guardians doesn't stop when the child stops being a camper. Genius. Thanks for sharing that, Beth. And thank you for listening. Camp Code is part of the Go Camp Pro podcast network. Check out all of our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcasts. There are some amazing people with sage advice. So look them up and give them a listen. And today I want to specifically highlight the Fundraising at Camp podcast hosted by Joe Richards, Heather Withrow, and Travis Allison. They recently released a podcast where they reviewed Ask Letters And I'm going to be really honest. It's one of my favorite episodes I've heard in the Go Camp Pro podcast world. It's so awesome and really smart on the advice that they shared for how to solicit donations and even more so what not to do. Check it out on your podcast app and subscribe to Fundraising at Camp. For now, from all of us here at Camp Code, thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares their best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea you heard on a GoCamp Pro podcast, please be professional and remember to give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by GoCamp Pro. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.